and welcome to this edition of the Equination podcast. This week we are joined by Harriet Fortune and she is an equine touch practitioner and she's going to tell us all about what that involves. So hi Harriet, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So you are an equine touch practitioner. How did you get into horses? Um, well, I don't come from a very horsey family at all, so there's actually no reason I got into horses other than I was six years old and just said, I want to ride horses. And so I was taken off to the local riding school and yeah, just started from there really. Just my weekly lesson for as long as I could remember was like the highlight of my week. And, and until I was 15. And even then it was just alone. I didn't, you know, I didn't have my own horse because my parents are just not horsey at all. So yeah, I had to wait a long time till I got to own my own pony. So it's just a typical little girl's dream. And luckily your parents were uh, supportive of that, taking you to the local pony club, uh, well, local riding. Yeah. Yeah, I was very lucky. We lived in the countryside, so we had a lot of horses around us, which was, I think, made it much easier for them to just drop me off there every week. <laughs> <laughs> and what made you decide that you wanted to work with horses? Um, so despite my parents not being horsey, I'm, I was obsessed as soon as I started riding. So I kind of, I knew when I needed to go to university that I wanted to do something that I was interested in. And I, the only thing I was interested in was horses. And when I say my parents aren't horsey, luckily they've always been really supportive. And my dad just said, you just, you must study something that you're passionate about. So I just applied to go to uni and do equine sports science. And that's how I really got into studying horses. But then after university, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I became a primary school teacher. <laughs> bit, a bit of a change from horses there. Yeah, a little bit of a change. Uh, so I worked in the UK for a couple of years and then I came back to Dubai as a teacher. Um, and then got a little bit, I loved teaching. I still love teaching, but I, I worked for a very corporate company, um, which kind of took the fun out of teaching a little bit. It was kind of all about data and getting results. And I found that hard. I think that's a lot of teaching these days, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's changed a lot. And I mean, I, you know, never say never. I, I could see myself back as a teacher one day, maybe, but who were also equally as annoyed. And they said, well, why don't you go back to working with horses and doing something that you really love? So I'd seen Equine Touch when I was at university as a demo. And so I just went home that night and researched it and quit my job pretty much the next week. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to retrain as an equine touch practitioner. So you didn't didn't uh, take long pondering over that decision. <laughs> no, I was I, it was scary. It was very scary, but I'm so glad I did it. I haven't looked back since. It was a really good decision. And can you tell us exactly what is equine touch? A little bit about it. How does it help the horse? What does it involve you doing? Okay, so Equine Touch is um, a whole horse or holistic horse bodywork. So it's non-invasive and it's not diagnostic. I'm not there to say, 
oh, well, this is, this is what's wrong with your horse. But what I can say is I can assess the horse on the day, see what I'm finding, um, and we go from there. So it addresses the whole horse in the, it addresses the body, the hindquarters, the forequarters, the neck, the back. But I'm also looking at the emotional side of the horse. I'm looking at um, factors that might affect the horse. So I'm looking at nutrition. I'm looking at dental. Obviously, I'm not a dentist, but I'm going to ask those questions. When were the teeth last done? Could this be having an effect on what I'm finding? Uh, looking at the balance of the feet looking at the tack, so kind of all factors that are, are involved with having a horse and how that might be affecting the horse's body and the way that they're moving. And then I use a series of choreographed moves over the body. Um, and from that, I can then determine if there's an area perhaps that's as a result of compensation or past injury that we need to kind of work on a little bit more in order for the horse to be balanced. So the overall aim is to have a balanced horse physically, but also a little bit mentally as well, letting them release both emotionally and physically through the session so that we've got a happier horse by the end. Of course, and everybody wants a, a happy horse. And obviously, yeah, if you, whilst you're assessing the horse, you find, like you said, areas of stiffness, pain, imbalance. And then you're, you assess muscles or it's like chiropractic. What, what in the horse's body are you working with? Okay, so I'm primarily working with uh, muscles and fascia. Those are my kind of main areas that I'm focusing in on. But in doing so, I'm also addressing uh, ligaments, tendons, joint capsules. But mostly the muscle groups and the fascia are the things that kind of almost speak to me from the horse's body. So I'm not working with the skeletal system. I'm only working with the soft tissue and muscular system. And you just, you just use your hands then to fix the horse or help him or realign? <laughs> yeah, so 90% of what I do is with my hands. Um, I do have other things that I can use uh, after I've kind of assessed the horse and worked on them. So I, I use kinesiology taping. Um, I also have a little uh, vibrational like massage gun that can kind of get into deeper muscles. Um, and I also have uh, like a vibrating uh, massage roller that also can be quite good, especially if I've got horses that perhaps are so sore that they just will not let me kind of work on the muscle with my hands. Sometimes that's just a little easier for them to accept, but also is great in releasing the tension for them. But yeah, 90% of what I do is just hands. Uh, so you mentioned you do the kin kinesiology taping. Did I say that right? Yep, yep. <laughs> And what, what is that exactly? Because that's not, is that working with the so, muscles as well? Okay, so kinesiology. Yeah, so that m works with the muscles and the fascia as well, which is why it's so complementary to the equine touch. Um, and what that does is by applying tape to an area that's got uh, soreness or stiffness, if you've got soreness or stiffness, you've got a little bit of inflammation going in, in that, on in that muscle. So by um, applying the tape, you're using the decompression system. So you're, you're lifting the muscle and the fascia and allowing it to open up. And by doing that, you're allowing blood flow in through the central nervous system, but through the circulation through into the muscle and allowing it to heal a little bit quicker. And it just provides a little bit of relief. Um, I don't know if you've ever had it put on for yourself, but I've had it put on a few times and I now apply it sometimes. I have a calf muscle that gets particularly tight if I ride or if I'm standing on my feet for too long. And just applying the tape 
after doing a few moves myself over my leg just relieves the tension and it just I just don't have soreness and by doing that I'm able to then move effectively on it um, so it just provides extra support really for an area that might be particularly tight or sore yeah. so you're again it's opening up the body system helping helping the horse heal himself and that, yeah that absolutely would, go, would you use the tape and the massage on the same place or are they for different problems? So no, I would do I would do the equine touch moves and then I would use the tape as kind of a complementary tool. You can use it as a standalone. So I could go in and say, oh, okay, this area is very stiff. I'm just going to put tape. But to me, if I'm already looking at that area, I might as well do as many moves in that area already to relieve some tension and then apply the tape just to add a little bit more support. And the tape is great because it stays on for up to seven days. It's providing a little bit more support after I've gone, which I find really beneficial. Yeah, and how long did it take you to learn the full equine touch range? Okay, so to do the practitioner route, you have to do, there's four levels that you have to do. Um, I was really lucky in that because I got to quit my job, I could just dedicate all my time to doing that. But it did mean flying to and from the UK uh, for the courses. And then I had to do case studies in between and then do my assessment. So all in all, from start to finish, it took me about 18 months. But like I say, I, you know, I was really lucky in that I had a husband here to support me to be able to just go and play with horses all day until I was finished, really. Um, so yeah, about 18 months, but you can, you can, the, the course is so flexible that you can do it as and when you have time to do it. You know, there's people that do it over a number of years, really, because they're doing it alongside their main job. So yeah, for me, it was about 18 months. Fabulous. So it's cool. You did it quite quickly as well. You said you're quite lucky you could fully yeah. immerse yourself in it and just. Yeah, absolutely. But still, like 18 months is it's a short time but it's also quite a long time as well you know there's a lot yeah. that can be learned in 18 months yeah it's and it's a great course you know you really do learn every single level that I did I was just adding more and more to each um to, to, to my understanding of it so uh yeah I took on a lot but it was I loved it I loved every minute of it and which horses are able to benefit the most from an equine touch session equine touch is is for every horse really and it's for it's for some so okay so you can have horses that have some problems for a long time you can have horses that have no problems for a long time but the aim of the the whole point of having horses is that they don't have any problems ever really that's an ideal world that's an ideal so, world but that's an ideal world unfortunately we get in the way of that quite a lot with what we ask them to do so um equine touch addresses every single horse at every age so there's no horse i've worked on that is too old too small too little and all it aims to do is relieve tension from still sore or stiff muscles and rebalance the body so if you've got a horse that perhaps works better on one rein it usually means they've compensated for that on the other side of their body so what we're aiming to do is allow them to move properly and balanced and efficiently so that their performance is improved um, they're just like us. Horses have kind of muscle and fascia memory. So if they're injured or they've had a knock at some point in their life, their bodies hold on to that and they just create uh, compensations, whether they know it themselves or not. It's a bit like us. You know, you can go to a physio and they'll be like, did you know that you're standing 
completely wonky and you go, no, I'm standing straight. Your body just takes on all these little pieces of information as you go through life and that contributes to the way that you move and the horses are exactly the same. Yeah, and you see a, lo a lot of horses are a bit stronger on the right rein or the left rein generally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and that don't... sometimes can be a reflection of the rider as well. Sometimes I'll ask the rider, do you have an issue with one one side of your body to the other? And they'll quite often they'll say, oh, you know, it's funny. Yeah, when I was younger, I did this to my left side of my back or my shoulder. And quite often their horse, our horses are a reflection of us. But sometimes we can also take from them and that can affect the way that we ride. So it's quite hard to undo who's the criminal and who's the victim in the situation. It's like the chicken and the egg. Which one, which one came first? You don't really. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> But you don't need to have an obvious problem with your horse for them to be able to benefit from what you do. No, so I see, I see all kinds of horses. I see happy hackers that have fantastic bodies that are just really under no stress at all, but just enjoy the session. It's such a nice physical and emotional release for them. And then I see horses that are in a lot more training that perhaps do have still minor issues, but just need a little bit of help relieving that, that tension and that stiffness. So no, it can be for all horses. You don't have to have a problem. In fact, it's probably better to not have a problem because by doing body work for your horse, you're hopefully preventing problems from building up because the bigger the problem, the harder it is to undo. So do you have a most interesting horse, a horse that stands out for you for being the most interesting job or something that really you really remember? Well, that's really hard because there's so many, but um, I actually think one of my favorite case studies that I've done uh, was Pixie. I don't know if anyone knows Pixie. She belongs to at Tango the Miniature. So she is a miniature horse. And so she's tiny. She's really tiny. And, and my friend hadn't had her very long. Um, and she came from not a great uh, background. She was only a baby when she got her. And she just had one of the weakest hindquarters really uh, uh, confirmationally but also pr probably to do with nutrition and the way that she'd been raised and as a result she used to get very bad locking stifles and she she just couldn't really move or, or kind of go a day without them locking so i actually met her owner through instagram and i went over to her house where she keeps them she's got a very nice huge garden that they run around in and we worked on mobilization and and equine touch and then we also did a lot of kind of follow-up so we put um little tiny poles on on bricks in her stable so that she'd have to step over them to get to hay and we did lots of hill work luckily she has a massive drive that's on a hill and so this little little pixie would be led up and down this hill to get that hind quarters engaging and she just went from this kind of very she, I mean, she was, you know, she was a lovely little sweet thing, but she was kind of a little bit shut down. She was a little bit emotionally lost uh, because she probably was not in quite a lot of discomfort and had been for a long time. And she just went from this kind of shut down little thing to this bubbly, bright, herring around the garden pony that just was so excited by life and what she could now do with her with her body. So that that for me has just been, and I love Pixie. I just. I'm obsessed with her. She's just always in the little back of my mind as this little cute little success story. Oh. 
That's very sweet. Yeah, it's really nice when you can actually see it, like you follow the horse's journey and you see a big changing them and what you're doing really, yeah. really helping them. And like yeah. you said, they don't, they don't need to be a top competition horse for that. It's just a, just no, absolutely more comfortable and happier. I'll often follow up with owners with, you know, activities that they can do and stretches and things that we can implement in the horse's life that's going to have a longer effect rather than just a one-off bodywork session. So it's really nice to be able to work with people like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good that you can give them some ongoing support and some training that they can do to prevent these problems coming back. Yeah, that's it. And that's it. Prevention is just the number one word, really. And, and having bodywork for your horse, whether it be equine touch, massage, Cairo, you know, they're just so important because they are going to prevent issues from building into massive issues that then take a long time to get to the bottom of. Yeah, because you were mentioning muscle, muscle memory. And so if the horse has an imbalance, you can work with the horse and fix it. But then you need the, the training then to change to ensure that yeah. the horse doesn't fall back into old habits. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and another thing that's important to think about is um, quite often if I see a horse and there's a, a bigger issue that I actually sometimes will say, well, no, I'd rather you get the skeleton addressed first and then we can work on the muscles. And that's because they are so integral to each other that if I work on the muscles, but the skeleton is the issue, you know, in terms of maybe the pelvis is dipped on one side or they're blocked through the pole, you know, I can work on the muscles and for sure they'll have a short term relief. But if the skeleton isn't changed and addressed, then the muscles slowly over time are just going to adjust back to the original uh, kind of blocked state. So it's, it's kind of working the whole horse and making sure that everything's addressed. Yeah. And is it harder working with the smaller horses? Yeah, it actually is, I think, because they're just so tiny. They're so, so tiny. And... You, you almost, you have to be so delicate with them. The, the joy of equine touch is that you, you don't have to put a lot of force behind the moves. You can be just as gentle on the bigger horses as you are with the little horses. The move itself is the move, regardless of how much pressure. Really tight and you've got to get in there. You have to put a little bit more pressure in. But yeah, the little ones are difficult because you're so used to using your body in a certain way and suddenly you have to adjust how you're standing and where you're kind of putting your body for the move to be as effective as possible on these tiny little things. So they are cute to work with, but they, they are harder. <laughs> so you have, do you have to be more precise? Like the areas that you're working with, are obviously a lot smaller on a smaller horse. So you have to be a lot more yeah, laser yeah. focused. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Precision definitely is important. And you just, you just realize how small they are. You know, where you'd normally do four or five, six, seven moves over the gluteals, you're kind of doing two or three because they're, so, they're so tiny. Um, yeah, you have to real, yeah, you have to do very, very good precision work. And what do you think is the best part or your favorite part of being an equine touch practitioner? Really just seeing happier horses and owners, getting little feedback messages, you know, or even when I go to the next session and they just say, oh, you know that, that's completely changed. It's not happening anymore. I'm not feeling this anymore. He feels lighter on that rein now. She's not pulling me. You know, that for me is everything. Just having happier horses and owners, really, because that's what we want at 
the end of the day. But also I, I do love the moments in the session where the horse just releases. They just, you find that spot and they just, they yawn or they stretch and you just think, yeah, we've got it. We've, we've found it. That's, yeah, that I really enjoy. Good. And what is the least favorite part of your job? Oh, okay. So uh, I do find it hard. Sometimes it doesn't happen very often, but I do occasionally get an owner that will call me to come and see a horse that maybe has quite a big issue. And they expect it to be fixed within one session. And sometimes, sometimes that can be done. Sometimes it's an issue that I can get to the bottom of. Sorry, that my cat just came in. Uh, <laughs> I'm being joined by the cat. If you hear a meow, that's why. Um, sometimes it's an issue that I can get to the bottom of in one session, but often if it's a really, really big issue, it's not going to be fixed in one session. And sometimes it's an outside influence that's affecting it, such as diet or, you know, foot balance or dentistry. And they, they expect a bit of a magic wand sometimes. That can be a little bit hard. Um, but it doesn't happen very often, to be fair. I don't have that too often. And, and I just have to gently explain that, you know, this is an issue that's been here for a long time. And so it's going to take us a while to undo it, to, to fix it. Yeah. Because like you're saying about the muscle memory and everything, it's, it's not always for horses. Nothing is ever simple. And you know, what really amazes me about horses is that they could have an issue with a, like a tooth pain in their tooth. And it shows in, in their hamstring, you know, you don't. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And that's, that's the other thing is that, yeah, sometimes an owner will say to me, oh, you know, this is how he moves and, and I know that there's pain here. And so I take that image in my head, I kind of build a picture before I even put my hands on the horse, but then I almost quite often an area that is presenting with pain isn't necessarily the cause of the pain, it's actually, the result of an issue elsewhere in the body so yeah they're very complex they're very complex definitely they're not easy <laughs> if only they could talk that would be that would be amazing <laughs> make our lives much easier wouldn't it much much easier and how how often should a horse have an equine touch session to really benefit Oh, that's a hard question because honestly, it depends on each horse and what's going on with each horse. But I, if I see a horse that's got quite a complex issue that maybe has been there for a long time, then initially I probably would want to see that horse at least once a week or every 10 days for a couple of sessions because we need to keep on top of the issue and stop it from reoccurring too quickly. And then we can kind of go to a more maintenance, maintenance kind of time frame which would be probably every once a month maybe would be ideal but I, I have owners that I see kind of a couple of times a year because they their horses move fine have no issues and they just kind of want a nice treat for their horse but I would say yeah if I've got a horse that I'm just kind of seeing there's not a major issue we're just keeping on top of little tweaks and things then probably once a month to two months would be ideal because uh, it sounds like every horse would really benefit from what you do, especially the sports horses, but as well just the general happy packers, because even that they can develop imbalances in their body. For sure. And actually, the happy hackers, as, as, as relaxed and chilled as their lifestyle is, and that's lovely, 
they don't always use themselves in the best way because obviously they're not being asked to work a lot on hacks. They're kind of plodding along and they're happy and everything's great. But sometimes the horse, need, sometimes that results in kind of weaker back muscles and things like that because they're not engaging the hind, the core, the back, which they don't need to on a hack. But because of that, sometimes you do get soft. Uh, so sometimes you get areas that are a little bit tighter and sore that do need just a little bit of help and a little bit of relief. Yeah, because as you were saying, the muscles and the skeleton work together. So in a horse that's in training, he's using his muscles and his body properly, and that's supporting his bones. And then a horse that's yeah. just plodding along, not really using himself, the muscles can become weaker and then result in problems. Yeah, and that's, that's a good point, actually. Some people, you know, as, as lovely, like we said, as lovely as it is for these horses to have a very relaxed lifestyle and just go out hacking, quite a lot you'll see that the top line is, is kind of non-existent as a result, which means that they're weaker through their back and then they're carrying weight on their backs that maybe needs to be a little bit stronger. So yeah, sometimes I'll give, much to the dismay of those owners, I'll give them a little bit of homework to do in the arena. And it'll just be basic things, but you can see their faces like, well, we never go in an arena. <laughs> but you need to, so your horse is a little bit more able to do the things on the hacks that you love. Yeah. Or we have a blog actually on uh, the Equination website that tells owners how they can work their horse on a hack. So you don't always have to go on a hack and just be on a loose rein and relaxing. You can do, do a bit of schooling on a hack out in the woods or in the desert yeah absolutely and sometimes that's such a great way to do those moves that perhaps going around in an arena your horse is a bit switched off if you're doing it on hacks it's nice for them as well just to have a change of scenery but for sure yeah you can do all sorts of schooling out in the desert tracks that you're on or wherever you're going yeah it's very easy to do so thank you for talking to us today harriet harriet can be found on the equination app under equine natural balance she can also be found on instagram and facebook under equine natural balance or hf equine natural balance on facebook so if you like this podcast please subscribe share on your social media give us a shout out um, we can be found on instagram and facebook at equi.nation and you can also download the equination app on apple and android